following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Okay. Just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, the weekly podcast where we keep you up to date with everything Phoenix Suns related. I am your host for today, co-host, whatever you want to say it, David McGraw. I have with me the illustrious, the beautiful Dabin Mitch Krumpetich. How you doing, Mitch? You know, I'm good. The pain is over. The regular season has come to an end. And as much as I love watching Suns basketball, it's been nice to... uh, to take a little not. break. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but we've got some exciting stuff uh, coming down the pipeline. So today we are going to be talking about this coaching news. Again, we've mentioned this before. The Suns have said, McDonough specifically, we want to have a coach hired by the end of April. Uh, the day of recording is April 15th, exactly halfway through the month. So we're getting pretty close. Then we've got uh, we've got one game to go over that we haven't talked about, and it was pretty exciting. And then we've got the playoffs. Playoffs. So uh, talking about playoffs. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're gonna go into that, but let's just jump right in with this coaching stuff. I think it's the most interesting Suns-related news we've got. Um, I'll start with the big one. Uh, the Suns were given permission to interview Mike Budenholzer. Uh, current head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. He's got all the accolades, coach of the year, all that stuff. Um, he's from Arizona, so I think that's a great option, but we've got a couple others. Um, we're interested in interviewing David Fisdale, for sure. We've came out and said that. Frank Vogel also got fired. I think that's a pretty solid option. Um, and Steve Clifford as well, another head coach that was fired. So we've got some really good options that are that are uh, popping up here. So what do you think about those guys? I definitely think we need to unpack Mike Budenholzer a little bit. This was seemingly like out of nowhere. It was it was just like it, it felt like really out of nowhere. I didn't know there was any talk and the wording is super weird cuz normally like a team will be given permission and it'll kind of go that way, but it was reported as Budenholzer was given permission almost like he was the one that requ- requested it. I which sure is a big so. deal. That would be which great. is a big deal if that's what's going on, because because like that dude, what he did with that Atlanta Hawks team before it got blown up was great. They He's had got everything yeah, you want. They had sixty wins in twenty. They were a sixty win team. Isn't that crazy? With, like Al Horford, who is good and is an all star, whatever, but like not crazy good. Paul Millsap, who is solid all around. Kyle Korver, um, who was that small forward? It was, oh, it was, um, oh my gosh, he's playing for the Nets now. Damari Carroll, he got oh, that yeah, big yeah. payday Demari in Carroll. Toronto. Yep, that's right. And that's fell right. off a cliff, so apparently yeah. Budenholzer was a part of that success. Yep. And Jeff Teague, who <laughs> keeps on getting chances and keeps on failing. I'm like, that right. team was not a 61 team and somehow made it like, he's got that. 
he is from the the pop coaching tree, which a lot of Suns fans have been wanting to kind of look at. Like, he has all of the things. And if he's the one that is like, look, I want to interview for this job. Like, I want permission for this job. I know we said in the past how we want to have this search and we want to really take our time, whatever. If Budenholzer wants this job, just give it to him. Give him whatever he wants. I I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, that would be amazing. Um, but what about what about Clifford and Frank Vogel? What would your let's say Bootenholzer does this interview and says, you know what, I'm happy in Atlanta. I don't want to jinx it or anything. Well, I, I could I see him going to like maybe but. Milwaukee if he really wants out of Atlanta. Like uh, that's another yeah. Just job. Yeah. Uh, Frank Vogel. I'm still I'm I'm still high on Frank Vogel. I don't think Atlanta was anything to do with. Like what happened to him? He kind of overperformed. Oh, or- oh Orlando. I meant, yeah, Orlando. Maybe? I meant Orlando. I said it in my yeah, head. I um, gotcha. <laughs> but I don't think it was his fault at whatever that like he was given that team and that team's not very good. And like I, I don't think that's his problem. I, I think that he kind of got dealt a bad hand. And even Steve Clifford, I mean, I don't think there's much you can do with that Charlotte team. And he was able to get them to the playoffs a couple years ago, I want to say two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it was two years right. ago. He was able to get them to the playoffs. I think both those guys are solid. Health concerns with Steve Clifford kind of worry me a little bit. He was he sat out for like 20 games or so with some like stress issues and other stuff, and the Suns aren't necessarily a stress-free scenario. I know if like Phoenix can be <laughs> stress-free, but... Uh, uh, I, w- I feel like the Suns are kind of a stressful situation, so that that worries me a little bit. Yeah, but if Frank Vo- if we like get Frank Vogel and he doesn't go to New York or something, like I would be totally down with Frank Vogel too. Those Indiana teams were really good, and I mean, I, I know that Nate, Nate, McMill- Nate McMillan. Oh, blah, 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 that name is really hard for me to say for some reason. But I know he has done a really good job in our or in Indiana too. But I think Frank Vogel, the, just those teams were really good with him, and I think kind of his defensive kind of mentality would be really cool to see. And he did have some really good, like, space offense teams. I mean, between, like, George Hill having to deal with Danny Granger, like, dying almost. Not really dying, but, like, just falling off the map and stuff. And uh, what, what he was able to do to kind of deal with that team with, like, kind of changes and bringing them back to relevance after malice in the palace basically they were just nothing until frank vogel it felt like got there so i think that he like he he is my number two he's my number two right now yeah i would agree with that um steve clifford also a great option here's my takeaway from all of this we're gonna get someone good and i'm really sorry jay triano but it's just not your time in Phoenix. I don't think anymore. he wants it to be his um, time either. I don't think he really wants to be a head coach. No, no. Right. And we've talked about this a million times. But, yeah, if we get Vogel, Bootenholzer, or Steve Clifford, I'd be completely down with any of those options. Or Fizdale. Fizdale's still in there, but we've talked a bunch about him. So any of those four guys having four really really solid options long term solid options makes me very 100% optimistic. agree like it, it's exciting i am really excited like for, it, 
if we get any yeah. of these four guys, yep. like I'm just I'm so okay. I'm so good. Like, like this is the dream scenario right now for the Suns is that there are options, and it seems like there are at least two guys that want this job, and you want that because if you have two yes. guys that want this job, that means that there's not going to be an issue if we're trying to get people to come in and fill roles on this team. Right. And here's the other thing that this makes me think about. I know a lot of people were very frustrated when we hired Earl Watson to be the head coach after his interim stint. But if we wouldn't have done that, we wouldn't be in this position. And I think this pool of available coaches is the best we've seen in, a, in quite a while. So that was kind of a blessing yeah, that Earl in Watson year. There wasn't really, I mean, who got hired that year? I think it was, it was Luke Walton who was going to the Lakers no matter what. Yeah. Who's either staying in Golden State or going to the Lakers. Um, right. I feel like... No, that wasn't the Jason Kidd scenario. That was the year before. Like, no, like yeah, there weren't... The, the crop of co- coaches that are there now that are available are just way better, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that does remind me, too. We did reach out to Dan Marley as well. And he declined. And he said he's content. Yeah. yeah. He's content at GCU, which, good for him. Obviously, it was going to happen. Yeah. Yep. So, I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, just continue so, yeah. to have a good relationship with Thunder Dan. That's all I care about. As these, uh, yeah. especially the guys from the '90s eras, the guys that are willing to come around from the 2000s era, give a handout to Stephen Marbury. He's crazy, but just leave the handout there. All any guys, just leave the handout there and be that kind of organization. Give Thunder, tell Dan Marley, be like, look, if you want this job, you can have it. If you want to stay in GCU, that's awesome. Just still give us love, and that's that's yeah. all that matters. Right. So, yeah, either way, we're, we're good on the coaching front, I think, and we'll just see what happens. But let's talk about the last game of the season. Oh, it, it, it feels good to <laughs> say that, I got to say. So this was last Tuesday. We played the Mavericks. We won 124-97. to 97. It didn't matter what happened for us, win or lose. We secured the best lottery odds. Dallas, did it help them to lose? I think it might have. Um, uh, I, I think they could have still gotten the second if they lost and uh, Memphis won, I think, their last game. But okay. I'm not sure on that. They might they might have not mattered for them. Okay, well, they won, and it wasn't close, and it was weird to win by this much. But the the real story here is Alec Peters. So, I mean, this was incredible. Alec Peters comes out and has 36 points and nine rebounds. And those points came on eight for 13, three-point shooting. That's crazy. And he was he hucked it up was three <laughs> at the end of the game, and he was just gassed and got, like, just barely drew iron. Like, it was eight for 10 yeah. for a good stretch. Yes, yes. So, I mean, this was amazing. We hadn't seen anything like this all season, but I mean, look look at who was playing. I want to. I'm just going to quickly list off everyone that played in this game, and we're going to see how many of them played G League minutes this year. Dragon Bender, Daniel House Jr., Alex Len, Shaquille Harrison, Davon Reed, Alex Peters, Jared Dudley, and Tyler Ulis for the Suns. For the Mavericks, we had. Motley, Finney Smith, Dwight Powell, Kay Collinsworth, 
I think this is Aaron Harrison. A Harrison. I think so. Clubber, Jones, and Yogi Farrell. I don't know I don't even know these guys' first names. <laughs> you like, know Yogi. It was I do know Yogi. <laughs> um and I believe it's Jonathan Motley. Jonathan Motley. Yeah, he played for Baylor. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. Um it it was it was a lot of G League guys, but that's okay. It's it, this is how the Suns have been for a little bit, um, but it was really good to see a win. I thought it was a really good way to wrap up the season, especially as we move into this new era where we're done with the tank. I think it was a really good uh, springboard into that and get these guys into the off season on on the right foot. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think there was a text sent that, like, uh, I don't know who said it. It was one of us that was, is this what it feels like when other teams play the Suns? Like, is, <laughs> it's just like, what is going on yeah. with this? Like, Alec Peters just came out of nowhere. That was just, that was great. I mean, he couldn't play in Summer League because of the foot and had some up and down in the, in the regular season, played a lot of G League, but did really well in the G League. And it was really cool to see him kind of go out there and hit that stride and see some of that stuff. I he he reminds me a lot of John Lure, and I'm okay with that. I liked John Lure. I was kind of sad when we didn't re-sign him, even though there was no fit really. Um, but like, kind of reminds me of that. I, I would love for Alec Peters to come in next season and compete for like a backup spot. Like that would be great. I, I would love that. the The dude has some good potential to be like a bench, like energy big. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he can hit that three. We saw it pull pull some of these bigger defenders out to the three point arc a little bit. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think it's really interesting though. Too, Devin Booker came out and said this is probably going to be the last year I don't make the playoffs. <laughs> and now there's a lot to that. I'm just going to say he means the Suns are going to make the playoffs next year. But That's what he means. If, if Yes. If we're going to, this is the best way to start. So, you know, we've got the coaching. We've got this game. We're going to have a good draft pick. That lottery is coming up in about a month. Got we'll be all over the that. The core so. of that draft pick plus Booker plus Jackson. Like. Yep. Things. Thing, I, I don't want to say playoffs yet. Playoffs? <laughs> but anyway, I'm aiming for over 30 wins. I, I'm looking at the, that, that's, that jump. That's ex- my exact That jump goal. that the Lakers kind of made this year where they. And I. I know that like there was a whole different scenario and we have a draft pick and they don't, but like going from basically 17 wins to what 34, I think they had 33, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I, I, we need to try and make that jump because if you can make that jump, then you can show perspective max free agents or uh, higher profile free agents, guys that are near all-star level. You can show them that and be like, look, we're in the right direction. And that's that's going to be the coach. That's going to be hitting the draft pick, whoever it is. If it's those top two guys, I think either of those guys can be that kind of game changer and hitting and nailing free agency and not just kind of being um, – not 
not being lackadaisical is what I want to say. Like, not being like, oh, well, we have Bender and Chris, so we don't need to look at a power forward and free agency. Like, I feel like we did this year when we could have been like, all right, right. look for a young power forward and try and see if we can bring them in just to see. But mm-hmm. we weren't in that scenario. Although I don't think we anyone really thought, except for possibly me, that Chris would have this bad of the season. But I didn't even think that it was going to be that bad. Yeah. It was a little out of the ordinary. But, uh... But... Yeah, I mean, those are all good points. And I think we also just need to keep in mind that the West is changing. I don't, you know, let's look at the Warriors right now. The Warriors look very, we'll get more into this in the playoffs, but they look like they're falling apart a little bit. And I think that's really interesting. And if you look at the three through eight seeds in the One West, game. I mean, those teams were separated by one game. 48 to 47. It's, it's not like all of these teams are winning 50 games. I mean, I know that's impossible because of math, but, like, I, I always get overly optimistic at this point, but sometimes I'm just like, we could be there. We could be challenging for the eighth seed. But I think the bigger point to all of this is for so long we said, you know, do we even want to be good? Do we want to get the eighth seed just to get swept by the Warriors? Yes. Now the Rockets are the one seed. But here's the thing. That that whole mindset, I think, is changing because the West is, is starting to shake up. That's just how I see it, at least. Yeah, I mean, like, the Grizzlies could be good again next year or they could continue to fall apart. You don't really know what's going on with Mike Conley and Mark Gasol is very strange. Um, Dallas is in the midst of a rebuild. The Lakers will probably be fighting for a playoff spot next year just because of money and if Paul George goes there. But that brings the Thunder to start coming down a bit to where they're going to be fighting for a spot. And the Spurs. The Spurs, too. The Thunder and the Spurs. They both almost missed the playoffs. The Jazz, too. The Jazz were very close. That Jazz team, I think, is going to be good. That Jazz team is on the come up. They get another guy in there. Um, I, I think they probably keep Rubio. Donovan Mitchell has been able to come out and I think they really they need a three or a four and like yeah but they also definitely overperformed this year and I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't do as well next year and if Donovan Mitchell slumped I also wouldn't be surprised if they kept up this amazingness but the possibility is there. yeah and I mean Portland you never know I mean Dame, right. Dame Lillard Portland kind of unpredictable. blew up and was able to drag that team kicking and screaming. And now they could be really in trouble against the Pelicans. The Pelicans, as long as they keep yes. Boogie and Boogie comes back, are going to be probably one of those more top-tier teams. Not Right, but that's that's, that's an, an if, if. And how long can Anthony Davis continue to put up these insane numbers? Apparently forever. I mean, I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean – I think going to these games, I was thinking about this the other day. I was just thinking, who's the most impressive player that I saw all season? And I got to give it to Anthony Davis. He is He's a monster. Ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, that includes LeBron. LeBron played really well, and he's a generational talent, obviously. But he does coast a lot during the regular season. Yeah. I mean, what Anthony Davis can do is like inhuman. It's it's insane. So, very impressive. But, I mean, while we're doing this, let's just look at this playoff bracket. And I just kind of want to go through uh, all these matchups and do some predicting, see where we differ. We haven't talked about this before. Breaking. So, uh, 
let's let's yeah let's uh let's go through this some of these games have happened already and by the time this comes out a couple more will have happened but uh we're gonna do our predictions anyway and i think it'll be fun just to talk about some teams um so let's just start in the west we've got rockets wolves and they play in a couple hours after we record here but what what are you thinking for that series it's gonna be exciting to see this young wolves team in in the playoffs it's really great that they got there as long as Jimmy Butler is able to stay healthy next year, they're going to be a top-tier team, along with the Pelicans and stuff, I think. And I think they are hampered a lot by kind of their one and two spots. Uh, Wiggins is good, but I think that he kind of runs the team a little bit too much, and I think that team would be way better if it was Cat and Jimmy that it ran through, and it seems like Wiggins tries to take on too much sometimes. So is Jeff Teague, who is Jeff Teague. Like, I, I think it's good. It's good that they got in there. Uh, it's good for the fan base that they got in there. I mean, 14 years is a long time, but uh, that this Rockets team is they're They're just ridiculous. And the biggest problem with Rockets teams in the past is that defenses in the playoffs can look and just take, can try and put a rim protector kind of in the paint and just try and take away the three-point line because of just the defenses that are there and the Rockets in the past would have issues kind of not being able to do that because they just didn't have anyone that was had a mid-range game now they have Chris Paul and Chris Paul's biggest problem in the playoffs was he is the same level probably throughout the regular season and the playoffs he doesn't have that extra gear and when you're the best player on that team on a team you need to have that extra gear he has James Harden to do that so I think that that combination, I think that maybe against this Wolves team, they maybe drop a game, maybe just kind of trying to figure out how to play in the playoffs. But this Rockets team is just ridiculous. Yep, they're really good. I'm with you on that. I've got Rockets in five. Uh, so the next one, we have the Thunder versus the Jazz. I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup. Um We've got Carmelo Anthony, who has not been in the playoffs for a little bit here. We've got Paul George with a little bit of uh, playoff history. We've got the uh, stat-padding Russell Westbrook. We don't need to get into that right now, but there's been some pretty funny stuff. And then we've got this jazz team that's just doing amazing things. We talked about them. and I'm going to go a little bit bold on this one, but I'm going to say jazz in six. That is bold. That is bold. I I don't think that's happening at all. Actually, no, sorry. Jazz in seven. I think that's going to go seven. I still don't think that's happening at all. Um, Paul George, say what you want about him. He has had a really good year this year and has his most three-point attempts in his career while shooting a second-best percentage from three. And Paul George brings it up in the playoffs. He always does. He just always has ended up running into LeBron. And he does ridiculous things, but the LeBron teams are LeBron teams most of the time. And I, I like, yeah, I mean, you're right. This doesn't matter that much because they're either of these teams is going to get destroyed by the Rockets. So. <laughs> Agreed. <Whatever>. Agreed. <laughs> I, I think that yeah. that's just going to happen no matter what. Like th- this team, whoever wins this has to go up against the Rockets and that sucks for them. 
if yep. if the Thunder yep. were going in a second round, being able to take on the Warriors with the possibility of the Warriors being without Steph Curry, that could be something else. But it, it's not yeah. going to be. It's just not. And yeah. right. Look, I think the Thunder have this series. Uh, Westbrook can do some really, really good things in the playoffs. And his team last year that lost the Rockets was not as good as this year. Um, they they just you you took Westbrook out of the game and they just didn't know what to do. They still kind of don't know what to do, but at least they have Paul George when Westbrook isn't in. And I just think that Paul George in the playoffs is is just. It's better than what the Jazz have right now. Well, how many games? I think it's Thunder and six. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, okay, next we've got what I think is the most interesting matchup of all the playoffs. Blazers My favorite Pelicans. matchup. So great. And we've had one game of this already. The Pelicans pulled it out. It was a two-point game. So close. I expect... Pretty much all of these games to be like this. I this is a really really difficult series to predict for me. Um, I don't know. What do you what do you think? What's your prediction on this? I love playoff AD. I want more playoff AD. I I want that team to have a chance at the Warriors in the second round. And I I, I think that I think that they can take down Portland. Portland's been so inconsistent and kind of limped into the playoffs. They were on kind of a losing streak. They had, it seemed like the third seed secured and then just lost a bunch of games. That team outside of Damian Lillard just does not have it at times. And it seems like they only have it when Dame is on fire, at, like most of the time. And like this Pelican t- Pelicans team is good. If they had Boogie, they would be ridiculous. And this would be a totally different story. They don't. That being said, mm-hmm. I think that Miritich playing next AD is awesome. Drew Holiday is healthy. He's got another level. And playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo is the thing. Right. And Drew Holiday has been great this year. Um, I don't know how Portland's going to defend AD effectively. Nurkic is a good defender. But Not that good. I, he, right. And I've seen just the way AD can get fouls drawn and I just have a feeling Nurkic is going to be in foul trouble all these times. Collins, as much as I love Collins, it's going to be really tough for him. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be difficult. I'm going to go Pelicans in seven on this, and I think every one of these games is going to be I close. really hope this is a seven-game series, but uh, yeah. no matter what, I, I'm rooting for Pelicans. I like both these teams, so I, I, I'm good yeah, with just I a agree. good series. I think this is a six or seven game series as well. I'm not sure who I'd give the yeah, edge to, yeah. but Anthony Davis is one of those guys yeah. like um, Shaq. And when it's both him and Cousins, both those guys could literally get fouls in favor of them every single possession. Like Nurkic exactly. was holding him, Ed Davis is like, like hip checking him and stuff throughout the game. And he's still just, it's not stopping him. He had, he had 35 like right. 14 four blocks like it's just ridiculous and yeah it is playoff like i just want more playoff ad like he's he's just an animal yeah. and i love him right okay so now we're gonna go to from the best series of those playoffs to the worst <laughs> series 
We've got Warriors Spurs. We've had one game already. The Warriors beat the Spurs pretty easily. Shocker. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot to say on this. The Warriors do look kind of depleted, but they still have KD and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Well, Draymond has kind of fallen off, but I mean, whatever. The Spurs were really, really close to not making the playoffs. I wanted them to miss them so bad. And just today we saw that Kawhi is going to sit out the rest of the playoffs and rehab. So the Spurs have no chance. Warriors in four. Agreed. I have a rant, though. Okay, so Draymond Green, during post game was giving this major victim complex and acting like that people were painting them as underdogs against this Spurs team. And it was the most infuriating thing ever. Like, he's sitting next to Kevin Durant and going on this spiel about how everyone thinks that they're done and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Kevin Durant's sitting right next to you. An MVP, multiple 50, 40, 90 seasons. Like, what are you even talking about? No one is expecting the Spurs team to do anything against you. Like, the Spurs team has no Kawhi. Their best player is LaMarcus Aldridge, who is good. But, like, when around him is 90-year-old Manu and 75-year-old Tony Parker, plus Rudy Gay, if he's even playing, like... Right. Okay. You want to hear something about LaMarcus Aldridge, though? I was listening to Zach Lowe talk about Aldridge, and he gave some numbers that were extremely telling. When LaMarcus Aldridge gets the ball in the post, he averages 1.1 points per possession. That's awful. That is so bad. For LaMarcus Aldridge. That's because like, all of his stuff's in the mid-range. The whole mid-range is dying thing and all that right. stuff. And LaMarcus Aldridge is mid-range to the max. Like, Right. But he, I mean, I was listening to this and I'm just like, you know, as, as sad as I was when Phoenix lost out on Aldridge, maybe it was another blessing in disguise. I don't know. He's still good. I still like him. I still would have loved to get him, obviously. He t- but, I mean, things just haven't turned out that well for him in they San Antonio. They haven't. And uh, what was it at the beginning of this year? It was Pop- Popovich said that he was trying to coach him too much, which is the most ridiculous thing you can say about a player ever. Like, And Greg angry. Popovich. Like, I don't care who you are. If it's Greg Popovich, you do whatever yeah, he exactly. says. Yeah, exactly. And like, he's getting ready to kind of <laughs> ask for a trade and all this stuff. It's like... Aldridge what are you doing but like I will defend him a bit his shots are he takes really difficult shots so it if he he took less like if he like just railed in some of his shots and stuff you'd be shooting a way better percentage it's just that it's kind of this weird Kobe mentality and it's not obviously he's not Kobe obviously they don't even have a similar game but Kobe's whole thing was making taking the same shots that might have been bad but just take him over and over and over again until you're basically wearing the defense out and then you're just making those shots because the, they stop being able to have the energy to guard you and anthony davis kind of does the same thing too anthony davis would have a way higher percentage from mid-range or just in general if he like long or contested mid-range shots but it's it's part of the game i don't think that the points per possession is that big of a deal for guys like aldridge but you do like it's it's more of just a what happens when he's your best player. I think he's your second best player, that's fine. 
you want a guy that you can get give it into the paint and yeah he's gonna shoot 45 48 percent or whatever and take all of his shots from mid-range whatever it is but like you just you need to be able to have a guy that you can count on to make a move and he will hit those shots and aldridge is that guy but he, you just you can't have that as you can't have aldridge as your best player and portland found that out yeah yep that's true all right so now we'll move to the east We've got Raptors-Wizards for the 1-8 matchup. This is pretty interesting, actually. We saw game one already. The Raptors beat the Wizards. They ended their curse of losing all of these game ones. Um, The Raptors looked pretty good. They looked like they were going to handle the Wizards pretty well. But this Wizards team always seems to give the Raptors some trouble. Um, I think the season series this year was 2-2. So... uh, We'll see what happens. I think the Raptors are definitely the superior team. The Wizards, just another team that backed into the playoffs. John Wall has has been injured this season. He came back for the playoffs. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, the Wizards are okay, but I think the Raptors have this. Uh, I, I am going to say the Wizards are going to get at least one game, so I think this will go five or six, but I guess I'll say Raptors and five. I think this is the best we've seen from the Raptors in a while, and Dwayne Casey has done such a great job with this team. So I'll go Raptors. I'm really hoping that this series just lets the Raptors get some of their bad habits in the playoffs out of the way. I always hope that, but it kind of never happens. I think that I think that this team is an Eastern Conference Finals team. I think that you know them not having Van Fleet is kind of a big deal, even though he's kind of this random G League guy that came out of nowhere. But he's been, but he's been exactly really, he's been really huge. Well. He's been huge off the bench. That's for that crazy. Team. He's been in, in crunch time playing next to Lowry and DeRozan. Like he's been a big deal, and yep. I think that not having him is a big deal for this for this team for that first game. I I, I think that the Raptors yeah. are the better team, and I really. I want them to turn that corner. I really like DeRozan. Lowry's good. Uh, I, I yep. just really like how that team is built. I yeah. like Valanchunas. I mean, seeing all these rookies play so well and young guys, you know, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam and Pirtle, just seeing these guys play really well, I, I enjoy that. But they do have inexperience with all those guys, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle yeah, agreed. it. But so far... So far, it's been good. Um, there's not a ton on that, so let's go to the one that has a lot more. We've got Pacers, Cavs. The Cavs got the four seed in the end, Pacers with the five. So after all of this, of you know, all these issues of Paul George running into LeBron in the playoffs because the Pacers always play the Cavs, now that team is completely different. And they still and play they're the playing Cavs, the Cavs they still play LeBron again. James. <laughs> yep. So we've got – we've had one game already – and the Pacers beat the Cavs by 18. I was very surprised by this, but I want to hear what you have to say on this one before I make my uh, prediction. So, I, I still think this is the Cavs series. I'm never going... I'm, I'm not going to bet against the Cavs unless it's against someone like the Warriors, which is because the Warriors have two MVPs, and they're just way better. Um, I think the Cavs without... Kyrie in the playoffs are gonna it's gonna hurt them a lot I think they're gonna realize how much that extra 30 points a game in the playoffs is going to hurt 
and you can fit you can figure that out in the in the regular season but like Kevin Love was a third banana within the two years that he wasn't hurt and he's he has to step up he just has to step up if he's got to have like 30 20 games or 30 15 games like he just has to go bananas like Kyrie did Kyrie had that level where he would just go come out of nowhere and have these big games and you look at the rest of this team Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr not the best guys good young pieces but they're kind of they are what they're gonna be no matter what you look at George Hill who you know he's old he's had some issues and you know he's not going to be a guy that brings it up ever you saw that in Pacers series Rodney Hood you don't know he could have some blow up games but probably not like this team just they need that guy they have to have that guy to step up where Kyrie did in the last years and I'm just not sure if the Cavs have it for this playoff stretch yeah I'm with you um the other thing is these guys have not been playing together for long because it was where half the team got traded all these acquisitions right and i think that's going to come back to bite them in the playoffs um i still think the Cavs are going to get this one um i actually texted my friend josh shout out to the jostridge mr cranwater um if you're listening he i have mentioned him before on the podcast he and i made a bet at the beginning of the season we bet $40 that the Suns would finish with a better record than the Pacers, and I had to pay that. But anyway, um, I texted him today and said, Cavs in five. <laughs> now I'm going to change that after seeing game one, which luckily we recorded after that happened. Um, and I'm going to say Cavs in seven. I'll, I'll give him seven. I love Sabonis. I love what this Pacers team has done. Oladipo has had such an incredible year. Um, the Pacers are a really fun team, and they're going to be good for a long time, I think. But I just think LeBron is still too good. Um, but I, I'll, I'll give him seven games. Yeah, nothing would make me happier if the Cavs lost in the first round. Like... It would be the greatest oh, it would thing. would be incredible. And, like, I cannot tell you how much I am hoping for a Rockets-Raptors finals, even though that's not going to happen, like, oh. at all. I feel like we've been that saying this for, like, three, for three, three years. years. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's like, what I like, want, too. Please let this be the year where it's Rockets-Raptors, or, like, when it was Thunder, be like, please let it be Thunder-Raptors. Like, just please let it be something that's not the Warriors-Cavs, like... The first one, fine. The second one, all right, I'm done. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, I would. It would be great. I would love it. But you know, it's it's LeBron and it's a LeBron team. So what can you expect? Yep, yep. Okay, so now we've got the most interesting matchup in the East, which is Sixers Heat. <laughs> I think it's the most probably the most matchup least in interesting matchup. This. Really? I think it's interesting. I mean, the Sixers getting back to the playoffs, the Heat. The Heat, like, if you would have told me the beginning of the year that the Heat were even in the playoffs, I probably would have said you Now, hold on, hold on. But they, they've like, done – They were I didn't think half they were the be game good. out of the playoffs last year. Yeah, but I didn't think they would be good this year. I thought they were going to really regress, and I was wrong. Drogic is still playing really well. I uh, – Hassan Whiteside is still pretty dominant. 
Justice Winslow has had a decent year. Kelly Olynyk has done a ton Kelly's done for a lot. that Heat team. I didn't think he would. I love Kelly, and I did not think he was going to have that much of an impact on the Heat as he has. But he has helped them a lot. So I think this is interesting. Uh, the Sixers, the Sixers are good. Like it's it's kind of encouraging. I have to say to see them go through this whole tanking process and now be this successful and get the three seed in the East. I'm like, okay, we're seeing that it's possible. <laughs> and you just got to be patient. I know a lot of people hate the Sixers, but I don't know. I, I know that you do. Um, I'm going to say something, though, that I think you're going to get mad at. If anyone is going to challenge the Cavs, you're wrong. You're so wrong. You're year, so it's wrong. It's going to be the Sixers. Not even. <laughs> you are so wrong. Embiid has had a great season. Ben Simmons is good. Markel Fultz is weird, but he has been kind of good lately. Robert Covington has been a lockdown defender. This team is fun. They're they're pretty good. Um, I think it's going to be Sixers. Uh, they already played one game. The Sixers won by a lot. I'm going Sixers and five i think the heat will get one game but sixers and five argue with me so this series <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the heat stand that much of a chance the heat were kind of the i feel like they're the best of the worst teams like yeah uh i might give that to the bucks so i don't really consider the bucks or the wizards very good so i'm gonna still say the heat are the best of the worst teams okay um okay okay i i like they have some decent pieces, but like they're just in this they're in this weird spot. Like they're closer to being the Hornets, I think, than they are to being the like Sixers or anything. And you know, they did the good move of bringing back D Wade to Miami and doing that and selling more tickets and jerseys, but like I just I don't think this team is that good. I think the Sixers are just a better team. And they seem like they're a better team during the regular season. Uh, Hassan Whiteside just kind of can't deal with this team. It didn't seem like he really played at all. Like, yeah, he, yeah. he just can't do anything. And Hassan really just hasn't been really doing that much. He hasn't ha- had that much playing time this year in general. He, yeah, he does not want to. No, he doesn't. And it's tough because uh, when you are a big man that can't defend the perimeter and have foul issues like you're not going to get much playing time and it seems like that's where Hassan has found himself but uh I just think the I think the Sixers are better I think the Sixers going up against either the Cavs or the um the uh Raptors yeah I think the Raptors and Cavs are just better and I don't think that like uh, okay yes like the Sixers beat the Cavs cool but I think that Raptors team is just way better. And, like, uh, that's just where I'm at. That's just where I'm at right now. I think that the Sixers are still a little far away. I do not have much love for that team at all. I am not a fan of that team. I think that when it comes to most Philly sports, the fans are kind of pretentious and annoying. And like <laughs> the Eagles won I'm, a Super I'm, I'm Bowl. I'm glad now. that the Eagles won a Super so. Bowl because I didn't want the Patriots to win it. Yeah, and that's the only too. reason why. Like 
that's that's where I'm at. Like they were the lesser of two evils, but like I I just the fans rubbed me the wrong way. This whole tanking thing, everyone like throughout the entire process, everyone rubbed me the wrong way, and they get gifted four first round picks or whatever it is, and then like like you do that, that's and there's like oh man, see they're this great team. It's like yeah, well when you you get these picks and you're able to just keep on doing them for five years then like good job like good job you you hit on them like that's what you're supposed to do in the draft like i know it doesn't always happen but whatever joel Embiid, for as much as he talks and i know he's trying to be a troll or whatever he's not played enough games to be how he is the dude's like 24 and like people need to remember how old that he is ben simmons is older than devin booker and Ben Simmons is great, but, like, I feel like people don't re- relate him to Blake Griffin enough. Which, Blake Griffin is also good, but I think they're, like, the same player. And that's not a knock. That's an almost superstar player. But... I mean, yeah, Ben Simmons' passing is way better. Blake Griffin has some his really good vision. I... I, I it, it's good. I, I think Simmons is better, though. Simmons is a better playmaker. But Blake Griffin is not. Uh, put I think in that when role. Blake Griffin has been in that role, he has been that guy. When when a couple of years ago or whatever it was, when Chris Paul was out and they were playing point Blake, like it's basically what Simmons was this year. And disagree with me or whatever people that are listening to this, but that's how that's just how I see it. When Ben Simmons was coming out in the draft, I felt like the comparison to like a Boris Diaw on steroids slash Blake Griffin was a way better comparison than LeBron or anything. But whatever. I have I have a lot of issues with the team, obviously, and I've ranted well, enough. How how many games? How many games? It's probably a four or five series, uh, like four game series. Like okay. the, the Heat just aren't that good. Okay, okay. Last series here: Celtics Bucks. This one I don't think is all that exciting. This one could have been really exciting, but I don't think it is anymore. Um, Kyrie out for the season for the Celtics, having surgery on his knee. It's disappointing, but I, I've heard this surgery explained, and I think this is probably a good move. What they're doing is they're removing screws in his knee that he had because there's risk for a bacterial infection in there. And I know that can have some like very long-term damage. So, you know, with Gordon Hayward out too, why not get that done now and come back next year and just destroy everyone, which is what they're aiming for. And could be possible, but I don't know. Just with with that happening, I just think this lost a lot of the excitement that was there. And I don't think the Bucks are they're that not. great. Um, they're good. I mean, Giannis is awesome. Giannis is definitely the best player in this series, but he doesn't have a ton around him. Um, I don't know. I... I have a hard time choosing this because it's just like, yep, two teams that things went pretty wrong for them and didn't live up to expectations. So I guess I guess I'm just going to say Celtics in 6 only because I don't want <laughs> yeah. Bledsoe to win. That's it. That's all. That's kind of where I'm <laughs> at I too. I, I I I don't want Bledsoe to win. I I like Giannis, but I just 
the Bucks used to be a team I used to tune a lot more into, and then they got Bledsoe, and I just didn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would be rooting for the Bucks all the way, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, the Bucks can pull this out, but they got Bledsoe. And I'm I also like, think no. that this move no. by Kyrie is just really weird. I don't think that the risk was that sudden enough to get these screws taken out for him to not just wait until the offseason. Because, like, I think him playing alongside, like, Tatum and, like, Jalen Brown and some of the younger guys, at least getting them confidence in the playoffs is more important, kind of. And the fact, I know that, like, it's good for him to have this surgery. I just think that, I, like, I legitimately think that he this could have waited till the offseason and it would not have changed anything. Yeah, that might be true, but I don't know. I think... Either way, the young guys are going to get their playoff experience. They've still got Al Horford to True. mentor them. And, and Hal Horford, um, if if he can turn it up a little bit, like he had some some good like playoff runs in Atlanta, obviously, and uh, he can do some stuff. And Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, just in their roles in the Celtics, along with other random guys, like that's fine. I don't like really either of these teams. I'm just I'm probably not going to pay attention that much to them. Yeah, I I really don't think I will either. And if if you would ask before the trade deadline, if you would have told me this was a matchup before the trade deadline, I probably would have been like, "Oh, that's so exciting! I'll definitely watch that." Now I'm like, "Yeah." So, yeah, that's that's what we got. Um, let us know if you disagree or agree or what what uh, series matchups you're looking forward to. Um, but I think we should go into our non-sports plug. I think we should throw out a finals else. prediction real quick. Our annual oh, yeah, finals yeah, prediction. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who do you have? I, I'm only saying this just because this is – I'm going to say Rockets or Raptors, even though it's going to be Cavs Warriors. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say Rockets Cavs. Even yeah. though it's going to be Cavs-Warriors. I think it, <laughs> out of all the teams in the last however many years, besides that Thunder team, uh, because even with that Thunder team, I think this is the best team that the Warriors will have to go against ever in this run. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, so we'll see. We will all right, so, see. But uh, if if we get if we get rockets, Raptors, I'll be so happy. I will be overjoyed. <laughs> ESPN will hate it incredible. or ABC or whatever it's on will hate it, but I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and we don't have anything else to talk about, so let's jump into some non-sports plugs. No. Let's do. So um, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, David's comic corner, or whatever it is that I talk about. It, it's, it has, it has evolved, evolved because I, I just I don't read as much. I like I do read, but like it's nothing that's like, oh man, you gotta you gotta like read this or anything. And it's more fun to talk about the movies or TV shows that I'm watching. But uh, there's this anime that I watch that's like a, just a really good show. Like it is an anime, but it's just a good show. It's called My Hero Academia. I've, t- I've plugged it on here before. It is, um, a, it's basically that old Disney movie Sky High, but as a show and a cartoon. And I am yes, familiar with um, that, actually. I have worn some shirts <laughs> around you of the show, and I, I've talked about the show in general. Uh, but uh, 
the show's just really good and season three just started last week and they've had the first two seasons or first two episodes out it is being uh simul dubbed which means that like the first like six or first half of the season is going to be come out at the same time in japanese and english so you don't have to worry about reading subtitles or anything and then i don't think it's gonna catch up to the same time but it doesn't matter like the show's just really good i really recommend even if you're not into anime or anything checking out the show because it's just really good it has really good writing it's like a lot of superhero tropes and a lot of like cart like the anime tropes just like turn on their head and you're gonna be like all right i think i remember this from like what like as a joke that people talk about like about some of this stuff and they kind of just turn it on its head and do something really different about it the show's great seriously check it out my hero academia all right and for mitch's face melting minute uh i'm gonna plug an album that i've been listening to one song off of this album for a really long time it just came up on my like spotify recommended so i decided to check out the whole album and this is gonna be Everchanger by invent animate this came out in 2014 uh, my favorite tracks are nocturne lost faith courier the desperate are the calm and luna luna is the one that i've been listening to for forever um this song is very like uh symphonic metalcore lots of those like uh theatrical symphonic elements um the songs are very intense um i really like it it's uh it's kind of like a deep thinking music that's how i would describe it uh so yeah if you're interested in that check out everchanger by invent animate all right right on and thank you all for listening of course check us out on twitter at sunny and phx podcast you if you ever want to send us an email as for complaints or comments or concerns sunny at ph or sunny in phx pod at gmail.com and uh just hit us up like us on itunes rate us all that kind of stuff i don't remember how itunes works there are things and stuff yeah five stars leave <laughs> say a boy say whatever complain about our playoff predictions who cares <laughs> uh thank you all for listening <laughs> we will see you next week and go Suns. Oh, yeah.